is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. SalesNexus is the platform FightLabFeast uses to manage all of our subscribers and email updates. If you're using MailChimp, HubSpot, or Salesforce for email marketing, CRM, and sales, you probably know they've been canceling voices of freedom and truth. That's why we switched to SalesNexus. SalesNexus is a complete business marketing and sales solution that won't tell you what you should say or believe. For more information, visit SalesNexus.com. That's SalesNexus.com. Now we get to the news. Trump leads Nikki Haley by 19 points in New Hampshire. This according to Suffolk Boston Poll. A poll published ahead of Tuesday's primary election in New Hampshire has found that 2024 GOP frontrunner Donald Trump leads Haley, the only remaining challenger, by nearly 20 points. According to a Suffolk University NBC 10 Boston Boston Globe tracking poll published on Monday, Trump leads Haley by 19 points. Trump received 57% support and Haley received 38%. With DeSantis dropping out of the race on Sunday, Haley gained two points. The poll was conducted between January 20th and 21st of 500 likely Republican primary voters in this state. The poll has a margin of error of 4.4%. A Washington Post and Monmouth University poll also released on Monday placed Trump 18 points ahead of Haley, with 52% supporting the president and 34% backing Haley. DeSantis received 8% support as the poll was conducted before the Florida governor dropped out of the race. This poll was conducted between January 16th and 20th of 712 potential voters in the New Hampshire Republican primary and has a margin of error of 4.2%. And now this. We go from New Hampshire to Vermont. Vermont resettled Somalis and now shootings are up 185%. Shootings are up 185% in Vermont from 2021 to 2022. Quote, we are not used to this level of violence in Vermont. That was Burlington Mayor Myro Weinberger, who complained after the city racked up five murders. That may not sound like much, but it gives the normally sleepy city where Bernie Sanders got his start a higher murder rate than Philly. When James Eaton, a mentally unstable leftist who had praised Hamas, shot and wounded three Arab Muslim men outside of his home, the media eagerly diverted attention from the crime wave to the shooter, who was conveniently white while falsely blaming it on Islamophobia. The discredited hoax was not only trying to rally support for terrorists, but also to distract attention from the real perpetrators of the violence that has overtaken Bernie's old city. The shooters in Burlington, Vermont, are much more likely to be Muslim male teens. Another recent shooting out of Burlington made the national news when Hussein Mohammed, the underage son of Somali immigrants who don't speak English, shot and killed Madden, a local 14-year-old boy. It was reported that the state police were able to make an arrest despite at least two eyewitnesses from the car providing multiple false statements about the crime. The wave in Burlington was touched off in 2022 when a Muslim teen shot and killed Hussein Mubarak, age 21. The 19-year-old had been part of a Somali Muslim refugee family profiled by the New York Times under the headline, U.S., a place of miracles for Somali refugees. Of that family, one son was convicted of assault with a firearm, another of accident aggravated assault for shooting a man in November of 2020, and the 19-year-old was the grandson of that family. The teen had allegedly become a member of a Somali gang that stole cars while wearing surgical gloves to avoid leaving fingerprints behind, and two of them had attacked a man in broad daylight while wearing ski masks. 
Mubarak had been born in a refugee camp before his family was resettled in America, where his older and younger siblings spent time in jail while he turned to selling drugs. The reporting on the incident and other violent encounters in Burlington are littered with mentions of drug dealing, stolen cars and guns, shootings in garages, and names like Mohammed, Ahmed Mohammed, Badal Kadka, and Abukar. Abukar Hilawli, as is a name, was accused of a few shootings, including one in which he allegedly shot the driver of the car he was in, resulting in a crash, and another in which he shot two middle-aged American men in the street, one of whom had told him to, quote, chill. But the Muslim perpetrator claimed that he was responding to racial slurs by his two victims. In 2022, it was reported that by midsummer, about half of the city's gunfire incidents were connected to a small group of American young men. The inaccurate euphemism New Americans was being used to refer to Somali and other often Muslim African immigrants. The perps are usually repeat offenders who wander in and out of the justice system. In 2020, another Somali was arrested for aggravated assault during a fight over drugs. By 2022, when he was accused of trying to shoot his brother, he had racked up 47 police contacts and 11 arrests. Despite being briefly charged with attempted murder, his family refused to testify and he received a plea deal last year for time served. Mayor Myro Weinberger, however, has claimed that the role of migrant settler teens in the wave of violence is not particularly relevant. When three Arab Muslim men were shot, state's attorney Sarah George rushed to claim, without a shred of evidence, that there is no question that was a hateful act. But the Soros DA has been accused of giving violent drug gang members a pass for the sake of social justice. Burlington's crime level rose sharply after the city council had voted to defund 30% of the police department during the peak of the BLM race riots. Burlington City Councilor Ali Dieng, an African Muslim immigrant who has run for mayor, has attacked the police while introducing resolutions to boycott Israel and has urged funding for social services to explore the root causes of violence by members of his community. Only a few hundred Somali Muslims were resettled into Burlington with horrifying consequences. The question in Burlington, Vermont, and across the nation under siege by hate, extremism, violence, crime, and terror spread by first, second, and third generation refugees is how much more can we take, how many more lives can we lose, and how long can we go on living this way? And I'll say to the article, as long as it takes for America to turn back to God. Moving on, and kind of in the same vein here, In-N-Out Burger in Oakland to close doors for good over out-of-control crime, company says. In-N-Out Burger's only location in Oakland is closing after the cherished fast food joint decided it could no longer risk the safety of fed-up workers and patrons in the city plagued by recent crime. The location will shut its doors in March despite the burger spot turning a profit because of the constant crime in the community. In-N-Out Chief Operating Officer Denny Warnick said in a sudden announcement over the weekend, the fast food joint has been in the California city for 18 years. Quote, despite taking repeated steps to create safer conditions, our customers and associates are regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, and armed robberies, Warnick wrote. This according to CBS East Bay, which obtained the announcement. Additionally, this location remains a busy and profitable one for the company, but our top priority must be the safety and well-being of our customers and associates. We cannot ask them to visit or work in an unsafe environment, he said. Data released by Oakland Police at the start of the new year showed robberies increased by 38% from 22 to 23, this according to ABC7 Bay Area. Burglaries jumped 23% year-to-year and motor vehicle theft spiked 44%, the data showed. Workers at Oakland's In-N-Out can either transfer to another one of the company's fast food restaurants or accept a severance package. 
And now this, my favorite topic, sports. The kingdom belongs to you, Lord. That was Ravens head coach John Harbaugh who opened up post-game presser by reading a Bible verse. On Saturday, the Baltimore Ravens won their biggest game since they last won the Super Bowl over 10 years ago. And in his post-game presser, Coach John Harbaugh knew exactly who to thank for it. After the Ravens rallied from a 10-10 tie at halftime to thoroughly dominate the second half on their way to a 34-10 victory over the Houston Texans, Harbaugh opened his presser not by complimenting his future MVP quarterback, but by thanking his creator. Being here, I just want to start off with this. Um, this is something that was sent to me before the game. And it just is meaningful to me, so I'm going to share it with you uh, because I think it's uh, uh, the right thing to do. And it's a, it's a verse. Um, Greatness, power, glory, victory, and honor belong to you because everything in heaven and on earth belongs to you. The kingdom belongs to you, Lord. You are the head and the ruler over everything. So there's an amazing spirit on this team. And I uh, just want to kind of give honor and glory where it's due. Uh, with that, um... the verse is from 1 Chronicles 29:11 through 13. Harbaugh's bold statement of faith comes a week after NBC's official Sunday night football account edited out Texans cornerback C.J. Stroud's comments, where he said, All glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, following Houston's defeat of the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens coach wasn't the only member of the Harbaugh family to speak out in defense of faith this week. John Harbaugh's brother, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, spoke at the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Give coach a warm first ever March for Life welcome. Welcome, Coach Harbaugh. Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you all for being here. It's a great example that you're setting. It's testimony for the sanctity of life. It's a great day for a march. It's a great day. This is football weather. Let's go. What an incredible honor to get to introduce Ben Watson, talented individual on the field, talented, courageous, fearless, leader off the field. He's making a difference in the lives of so many. It's my pleasure to introduce somebody who speaks truth, clarity, and grace, combines bold conviction with kindness, fearless, humble, and courageous, proud father of the Watson Seven, a helpful warrior for the sanctity of life. Please give a great welcome to Benjamin Watson. Those Harbaugh brothers, I tell you. The Ravens will play the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC Championship this coming weekend. And that is your news for today. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a pub membership, a magazine subscription, or tickets to our next conference, head on over to FightLabFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conference this year, or if you want to become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, email me at Garrison at FightLabFeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.